I found that I'm just interested in what we do not hear in sound. And that is, what do we translate? What do we process out of sound? And how do we bring it into reality? Welcome and thank you for listening to Here's to the Future, a podcast series by Stripe, in which we invite artists and thinkers from the Stripe network to share their thoughts about the future. Today we meet with artist and writer Martina Raponi. She researches noise and is co-founder of Noiser, an interdisciplinary research group. She also teaches at the Willem de Koning Academy and is a member of the Noise Research Union. She is currently working on her second book, Unheard. I have invited her to co-create one of the Stripe scenarios for Stripe Festival 2023, The Art of Listening. Stripe Scenarios is an ongoing series of public talks about the ethics of technology and its impact on individuals and society. And don't expect just keynotes, but exciting experimental formats. More about this later. So welcome, Martina. Thank you for joining uh, today. Before we dive uh, deeper into the plans for the festival, I'd like to know, what is the longest that you've ever experienced silence? Wow, that's an interesting question. <laughs> First of all, I want to say thank you for inviting me in this very interesting journey that lasted a few months up until now. And it's, uh, I mean, about to finish. Maybe it also heralds a new beginning. But um, the question you ask is really interesting. I think silence is inherently not silent and it does also uh, mean waiting right so what is the longest that we have waited that might be perhaps uh, another way of formulating this question because uh, if silence is just the absence of something that we expect to happen or sound in this case then i would say i have no idea There's a lot of things that I've been waiting for a long time. And if that can be uh, another way of interpreting silence, then I would say, yeah, sometimes even years. So what is noise and what is silence? Well, uh, another interesting question. Maybe maybe just to, to take a step back, my interest in noise comes from my own experience, like in the punk scene, screamo, post-hardcore, like in the early 2000s in Italy, uh, and then the contact that this had with uh, underground practitioners. And the moment I became very passionate about this, uh, I also asked myself, but why? And somehow I, I went back to my experience as the daughter of a deaf adult. So my father was deaf. And um, and I became more and more aware of how tightly intertwined these two are. So noise on the one hand, as noisy practices and silent ways of beings, quote unquote, uh, because deafhood is uh, often associated with silence. But in reality, it is one of the least Uh, silent ways of existing in the world. So what is noise? I have struggled uh, for a long time in defining noise, and I think that a, that a definition cannot be uh, stated once and for all, because um, if we think of, well, noise as music, after noise became music, after it became a genre, 
somehow it also uh, became less disruptive, right? So in a sense, while retaining noisiness on a sonic level, it was emptied out of its subversive, perhaps, potential. So, so there's a discrepancy in terminology here because we use noise for both things, right? So on the one hand, the metaphor of disruption and on the other hand, a loud or, or noisy practice. So, and, it, and it's this confusion that somehow is analogous to the confusion that happens when we try to define silence. So silence has absence, but is existence ever devoid of all or any sound? So, and is, and eventually what is noise, right? R noise is, uh, as uh, Salome Wocheling also stated in one of her books some uh, years ago, is other people's music, but it's still music. It's just something that we do not recognize as being in our set of expectations or tastes. And, um, and this is also the interesting thing about noise. It's always somehow related to subjective taste, experiences, and judgments. Same thing happens with silence. <laughs> so silence is order, is peace, but again, it's also time, it's waiting. So, so it is about the perspective and also the kind of uh, 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 vision of the world that we want to build by constructing a definition of any of these two terms. And somehow the, the fact that the definitions change as we also evolve as individuals, but also as collectivities, and they change also the moment we shift contexts. Uh, noise can be something in one context, but can be totally systematized in another context and temporalities as well. So this co-evolution allows it to be uh, uh, very dynamic and a definition to never settle on like a, a um, sort of final statement that seals the question <laughs> once and for all. Yeah, I would associate it with silence. I mean, I cannot experience what someone would hear. I mean, can someone that is deaf still hear things? Or, I mean, I can think that I can imagine that they can still experience uh, sound. And um, what do you mean with that it's the most um, noisiest language? Do I say it like this? You have to correct me if I use the wrong words. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in this case, I would define it more as a mode of existence, right? So, um, and I think that I say that, it, that it's one of the noisiest if we... Um, start from a position of normativity, right? Uh, where, or ableism in this case, so we take for granted that bodies are made and function in very specific ways according to sort of universalisms that, well, are not really reflecting the reality, the very diverse reality that exists out there. So, so my point of departure is also, is always the normativity or the expectations of normativity. And one of my earliest writings um, that explicitly dealt with this was, uh, I mean, dates back to 2016. And the whole point of it was to try and see what were the connections between noise, voice and deafhood, 
and in this case, the deaf voice, which is a sort of uneducated, quote unquote, voice, a voice that could not hear itself uh, without feedback, could not train itself to uh, um, perfect or, again, normative or shared uh, uh, way of um, elocution. So, and in this case, the voice of the deaf for me is very disruptive. But if we take also into consideration other examples also that we will have in the scenario, the paradigms that deaf practitioners, artists and musicians propose are very noisy because they disrupt what is the expectation of performance and music. So in, in the sense of disruption, of the normative uh, prejudices and also perhaps prescriptions. That's why uh, I claim that. And there's also, um, I, I gave a presentation a few months ago uh, that was titled Deaf Resonance Percussing Orality that also dealt with this in a very explicit way and trying to think why philosophy always developed a way of thinking of reason and intelligence starting from speech and, and the ability of hearing oneself speak as the, the core of what intelligence is. So in a way, uh, it, is, it is a cultural problem. Yeah, so what, what was your conclusion for this presentation or one of the conclusions? Well, I always end up with a lot of questions. So I end up with having more questions than I had before. And I also think that my uh, role is not of uh, giving answers or definitive answers on this, because I think that the answers uh, should come also from people who can advocate for their own rights. So in this case, I'm an ally that thinks along with them, but also I do not have solutions. So in this case, uh, also the, the presence of Verole Duc in the in the scenario is also because of the the will of proposing an affirmative model of what a solution can be so let's talk about the stripe scenario uh, number 22 silence impossible uh, absences or possible absences it's going, it's also going to take place in quotation marks, silence. Can you explain a bit about the concepts? Well, <laughs> so, um, I mean, this concept, of course, came from a series of conversations as well that we had. And uh, we tried to think, how can we have people experience silence knowing very well that that's impossible. And one of the interesting cases, uh, popular cases, perhaps, that we can find in just like everyday life is silent discos. So um, this idea somehow sat very well with us, thinking, okay, can people experience a series of presentations that, of course, are not lectures, can people experience a series of presentations in a format that somehow suggests noise? And in this case, the silent disco is just a device also for us as organizers and also artists that are there witnessing this choreography is a way of um, acknowledging the separation that exists from perhaps an 
ambience of the environment when, when people are not aware of the sounds that they make, right? It's a sort of weird collective uh, and curated evolution of like John Cage experience with four minutes, 33 seconds, uh, but then to, to an end potential where we have no idea what is gonna happen. There's gonna be a lot of restrictions, of course. Uh, talking will not be allowed as much as possible, of course. Uh, and, and people will have to interact with the speakers and the, the, the people that will share their materials um, on a written fashion. So, so there will be also a different timing, a different temporality involved in this. And, um, and we also expect to be experiencing silence in sort of uh, delayed shifts of reworking of the silences of the space. We won't give away anything, but, uh, but that's also something that, that we want people to sort of meditate on um, in being aware of what is the context that they're in, what is the space, what is the collectivity, what are these bodies that are involved in this, um, well, concert, in the sense of just like being tuned together uh, in the will of, well, witnessing something new, learning something, and also engaging and being challenged because eventually the, the program is meant to be a little bit challenging in the sense that it offers a lot, but also challenges to think a little bit further. Can you explain a bit maybe uh, about uh, the reasons for, uh, you already mentioned her name, of Vero, uh, Veronique Leduc, um, from Montreal, the first um, deaf professor at uh, the university. Um, I know you're very fond of her work, um, so maybe you can share a bit about the reasons for inviting her as one of the speakers. Yeah, uh, Vero is a deaf activist, a performer, an artist and a scholar. Uh, I met her in Mexico uh, back in 2019 and uh, she was organizing this um, cohort uh, of workshops and presentations on uh, disability, deafhood and performativity. And I was blown away by her presence and also by her work and also the energy that she has in really advocating for her own culture, her own language, her own community. So um, what I thought would be interesting, as I mentioned also earlier, was that she would offer an affirmative example of what it means to practice music and performer performance, um, starting from a paradigm that is not stemming from normative prescriptions. So if we think about music for deaf people, we fall into the assumption that we would have to translate the music into vibrations, which is great. It's fine. It is interesting. But Vero, for example, wants to offer something that doesn't start from sound but she wants to offer and propose an idea and a practice of music that comes from a totally different paradigm that is tailored on the deaf identity. So I'm very curious what she's going to be presenting. And, um, and I think that in this case, uh, she will also 
challenge with their presentation the idea of silence that sometimes people have and that associate also with deafness in this case. Yeah, great. I'm looking forward to, to this one. So um, the scenario was developed in line with this year's festival theme, The Art of Listening. What does the art of listening mean to you? For me, the art of listening is the art of transducing. Now that I'm working with transducers, <laughs> uh, I've been meditating a lot of what does it mean? I mean, and if you think about it, transduction is also like the basic uh, uh, process through which we listen and hear things, right? So in this case, deafness happens because the transduction of the pressure and, uh, uh, and the vibrations uh, um, in the air cannot be translated into electrical impulses into the brain. So that's, that's a process of translation that is not happening. But for me, I think listening means transducing. It means trans transforming constantly signals into something else. Uh, and that is also why my next book is going to be titled Unheard, because I found that I'm just interested in what we do not hear in sound and that is what do we translate what do we process out of sound and how does it sort of manifest into reality how do we bring it into reality oh that's beautiful and it's also very hard i think to focus on what is not heard because it's also what is not known or what is not experienced before we wrap up this uh, podcast one question for you. So do you think that the uh, future will be more silent or more noisy? It's an interesting question because I think that it all depends on who will we be as individuals and as collectivities. Uh, in this case, again, who are we to foresee what noise will be in 20 years time or what silence will be? Personally, I can say that um, associating silence with order more from a from an hegemonic perspective perhaps um, and knowing also that somehow silence equals normativity uh, often in a non not very nice uh, uh, way I would rather the future to be noisy unfortunately though <laughs> uh, the computational capitalism as embedded noise as one of the most important engines and elements to produce order through all of the whatever apps, programs and technologies that we use. So in a way, even though we deal with chaos of notifications and media and whatnot, even though that is a reality, I do not believe that reality is so noisy in the sense that there is very little disruption that makes it through. And I really would like to advocate for a noisy future in the sense that if noise is also an agent of progress, then I really want it to be noisy. And I really would like to for people to understand that they should go beyond the, the sort of... Uh, popular knowledge kind of definitions of noise and silence in order also to make this distinction and go forward together. Yeah, great. So it was a bit of a tricky question because... There... It was a very tricky question. Silence and noise. <laughs> ah. 
yeah. So um, thank you so much, Martina, um, for uh, being here with me today. Um, I look forward to uh, the Skype scenario. And I look also forward to uh, hearing you, the listener, at Skype Festival. It takes place from 13th to 16th of April in Eindhoven and online. We will also have a special um, live stream of this uh, Skype scenario. Um, so look forward to seeing and hearing you. Thank you, Martina.